What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Evan Flow Podcast. I'm Evan Britton. It's great to be here once again. Have a great episode for you guys today. It's with Vanessa Lambert. She does a lot of amazing things. One of the main things she does, she's the founder of an incredible organization, community, event called Be The Wellness, otherwise known as B-Fest. I'll be teaching at uh, the next one in April, at the end of April. The exact dates are there in the show notes, as well as a link to check that out. But this was an incredible conversation. Vanessa is super tapped in. She is an absolute yogini, kundalini yoga teacher. She reads the Akashic Records all the good stuff. We had a really fantastic conversation in this episode. Really excited to share it with you. So first and foremost, check out in the show notes, there's a link if you're interested, if it calls. Mexico, April 26th to 30th is B-Fest. I will be teaching the ebb and flow, breath work, yoga, movement. Really excited about that. It's in Palmaya. Mexico, somewhere in that Tulum vicinity. It'll be amazing. Five days on the beach, white sand, gorgeous ocean, beautiful people, amazing food, great events, activations, breath work, yoga, meditation, music, all the good stuff. So be sure to check that out. This episode also is sponsored by our good friends at New Fit. Once again, NewFit is a profound technology that helps expedite recovery times, heal damaged muscles, heal injuries, build strength, optimize function of the total body system. Really fantastic technology. Check that out in the show notes as well. Link in the link in there. Use code EBBINFLOW. As always, you can get more information at that link. And then finally, Quicksilver Scientific. Love Quicksilver, Dr. Chris Shade. is one of my absolute favorite dudes on the planet. He is, I don't even really know what to call the guy. He's, a, he's an alchemist. He's a wizard. He's really tapped into these ancient adaptogenic herbs and roots like ginseng, ashwagandha, astragalus. Stuff that you may not have even heard of before that I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's the best of the best liposomal delivery, nanotechnology. It's highly bioavailable. Great stuff. Once again, use code EBBINFLOW for that. Link in the show notes. Without further ado, Vanessa Lambert. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination, your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux. Only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come. Testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. Vanessa, uh, Evan. so good to see you, so good to connect with you. It's great to have you here. Likewise, thank you. 
Um, thank you. Thanks for making the trip. I know you've come a long way for this. <laughs> In so many ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I hear you. Um, first thing I want to say, I'm super stoked for Be The Wellness mm-hmm. event coming up in April. Um, one of my favorite things in the world to do is teach and connect with people. Um, and I know cause I, I'm good buddies with Cal and Peyton and I know they went to your last event in they Utah. Did. Uh, yeah. In Zion, mm-hmm. which is, looked spectacular. And then our good friend, Jared Picard, my new best friend. <laughs> Your new best friend, as we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, he started working with you guys and, and helping to whatever back end stuff with B Fest. Yeah. I'm calling him our co producer. Oh, wow. It feels, it feels good, deal. right? Uh, yeah. yeah, it feels yeah. good. And yeah. that's that definitely suits him. I it mean, does. he's just, he's really a master of pulling things together. He's, for me, he's been a master pitch man before we even really started getting involved professionally we became great friends we were immediate soul brothers but i heard him describing me to someone and i was like almost in tears i was like dude that's the best introduction i've ever heard i've ever received about myself yeah like (laughs) i'm i love you so much thank you yeah, I heard that introduction. He gave it uh-huh. to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I'll just, you know, briefly summarize it by saying that he was like, he's a star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love him. Yeah. So when he said that he was working with you guys and that there was an opportunity for me to come and join, I was so excited about that. So I would love to just kick it off. I know there's a lot of really amazing things you do that I want to talk about. Um, but I think that especially since coming out of a couple weekends ago, I put on my event, Heal and flow, and I would love to talk to you about how did be the wellness start? Where did that come from? Like, what was the, the birthing of that? Like, and because I think it's probably in line with a lot of the things I'm thinking and seeing as far as what the world and people are, in need of right now. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of synchronicity mm-hmm. between what we're up to. But, you know, Be The Wellness started with the name. Mm. And it's really interesting because I was thinking about the Gandhi quote, be the change you mm. wish to see in the world. Yeah, love that one. And I was just thinking, you know, we were wellness coaches. We'd worked with Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson, and we'd been in this paleo kind of ancestral world for a really long time. Okay, And... I was just thinking that like the term be the wellness you wish to see in the world came into my brain. And I just thought it's so beautiful because if you just embody the wellness, like the energy, the health, the beauty, the love, the grace, like that's one of the biggest contributions you can make to one another and to, to humanity. And so I just thought, well, I want to start a company called be the wellness. And when I was looking at the, you know, like buying the website, I thought, well, instead of just B-E, what if we make it B-E-E, like a honeybee? Uh-huh. And 
you know, I was thinking about how bees, you know, from a technical standpoint, shouldn't be able to fly, right? Like aerodynamically, mm. they're super heavy and they're kind of wonky, <laughs> yet they just lift off and fly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that fits us. Uh-huh. I love <laughs> we're probably that. doing things that we're like maybe not super equipped to handle, <laughs> but we're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So that was Be the Wellness. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I love that. And I was thinking about that just a moment ago about how you chose to do bee, like a honeybee. And I love bees. Mm. Like they're such a... They're so amazing. They're such a... You as a kundalini yoga practitioner, facilitator, teacher, frequently I do in sessions with people, we'll do um, the bee breath. Mm-hmm. Why am I forgetting the Sanskrit name? But essentially, it's take a deep breath in. And then you hum it out. And it's just such a centering. It's beautiful. It's anti-anxiety. It's the ultimate antidepressant. And we call it the bee breath because, you know, bees are the ultimate symbol of connection and family and, you know, taking the nectar from flowers and dispersing the pollen so that growth and life can proliferate and it's also you know it's really also the symbol of abundance yeah and prosperity absolutely and Mm -hmm. we do that together you know we can create that vibration in our lives and our home with our family we do it together Mm, i love it you know Mm -hmm. and so i really love that that's you know, the choice you made with creating this thing. Yeah. Well, and just think about the sound current of a bee also. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you as a yogi and folks out there that are listening, it's like vibration is everything. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the medicine of the future, right? I mean, it's the medicine of now, but mm-hmm. eventually we'll understand <clears throat> just how impactful it is. And I just think when you hear a bee, there's like everything in your life stops when mm. you hear a bee, right? You immediately are like, yeah. and I think about that. It's like, wow, what a powerful sound current that that entity, that small little entity has where mm-hmm. it can basically snap anything into attention. And, yeah. and so it's, it's a powerful, you know, it's a powerful little creature. Really powerful. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. So what, there's a lot of cool stuff going on it. A bee fest. There is, yes. Um, So tell me about that and why you chose to do it this way. I mean, you could have just made it like a conference, a learning experience, but you've really made it this immersive, action-oriented, bringing in a lot of incredible practices, mindfulness, movement, all the good stuff. So why did you decide to do that? Yeah, I think it's really important just to kind of understand like the energy and the preface of this particular event. And that is that this event is designed for you to remember how beautiful your life already is. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think that so many of us, especially in this world, we're all here for the transformation. Don't get me wrong. We're all about like getting into the trenches and doing the hard work and you know, going into those places. But I also think it's equally important to set a container where it's like, remember that you are whole, remember that you are beautiful and that you are loved and that this moment right now is worth being in joy Mm. and that it's okay to just be happy. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to celebrate your life. 
and not everything has to be such a slog, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me with BFest that it was an opportunity for us to come together and hold that container for people to be like, we're here, guys. Like, we did it. Whatever you've done before, whatever's happened before you got to this moment now, and let's just take a moment to celebrate that and to really, really honor like the journey. Yeah. And so that's the one thing I really, you know, and you might have an incredibly transformative experience sure. because of that, but it's not like we're like, hey, get in the trenches and like start excavating the dark stuff. Yeah. It's like, hey, we've done a lot of that, haven't we? Mm. And if you're at BeFest, I can almost promise you've done a lot of that work. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, let's just get together and let's like turn up the frequency of all that is great. Mm. I love that. That's su- that's super refreshing. And literally this week, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday morning, I get up super early. I do my meditation. I do my breath work. And lately I've been wanting to get more disciplined about my writing. Mm. And I sat down. It was about 6.30 in the morning. It's dark. Everybody's still asleep sitting there at my computer I'm writing and all of a sudden it was just it was this wave of recognition where I thought to myself man I've spent a lot of time out here yeah envisioning fantasizing looking down the road my mind really loves to look down the road at where we're going yeah what am I creating what am I producing you know, during my football career, it was my mind was always on the peak of that mountaintop. Yeah. And now coming out of that and having gone through <laughs> many awakenings, many shedding of skins, many transformations, many rebirths, seemingly almost daily at this stage. Right. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you're on a 24-hour clock at this point. (laughs) Yeah, and I realized, and a practice of mine is every morning and night, part of my practice is I envision the life, my life, and I feel in my body just being completely fulfilled and taken care of, Mm. safe, secure, everything, totally loved. I just hold that vibration Mm. in my body. Beautiful. And... The beauty of that and the the interesting realization I had was I spent a lot of time out here and when things aren't going quite perfectly as far as like my mind's idea of what it's supposed to look like on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis, there can be this this lull or this this sadness or this depression or this angst or frustration about why isn't it like that you know meanwhile i'm highly aware of how far i've come Mm -hmm. how perfect perfectly in alignment my life is right now how i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be doing exactly what i'm destined to be doing totally fulfilled in my life in just about every way and of course you know there's constantly things that you know, realizations or the holding on of that's going to be the answer 
And then it's like, oh, but it has to be more than that, obviously, because it can never be this external thing. But I had this, it was a crystal clear recognition of I spend so much time out here. Eb, let's just come back here. Mm. Let's just be right here in the now. Yeah. In this moment. And let's really acknowledge how awesome this life is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're basically describing B-Fest as an event, you I know, love that. and it's just there's not enough people talking about this or encouraging this and I think this is maybe one of the pitfalls of the wellness world is yes. that it's like a constant yes. slog. We've got to constantly and I remember being at an event and I actually it, it hit my brain when I heard these words the person was working through something and you know, they'd had this breakthrough and it was like, everybody was like, that's so powerful. Great. As soon as the person was done, the facilitator said, but don't worry, there's still more. And I was just like, you know, like, okay, you had one second of feeling like, yes, I'm here, but no, there's more. And I was like, you know, at what point do we get to heal? What point do we get to be whole? Like, Uh at what point do we... Right now? Yeah, exactly. And that's all it is, is right now. Yes, amen. (laughs) No, I love that so much. And it's, you're right. It's fucking important, dude. It really is. I love the first thing you said. You're like, don't get me wrong. Yes, we're here for the transformation. And let's recognize how far we've come. Yeah. How great we're doing. How ma- fucking magical, majestic, beautiful our life is right here, right now. Ugh. You know? I mean, we could stop the podcast right know, there, that's right? It. We're done. We're out <laughs> we of here. We did it. Perfect. <laughs> but um, it's just true. I mean, yeah. I really feel like, and. When you realize that, you realize that sometimes the biggest transformation is in the acceptance of how wonderful the moment is. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like when you're feeling totally in the rigmarole and you've hit the wall for the thousandth time and you've plateaued and your life feels really stale and unmoving and you feel stuck and you're like, you're in the slog. Yeah. When you just come back to the recognition of being right here, right now, that's you're exactly right. That's when the next transformation happens. And we've all had enough experience at this point to look back and go, oh, in retrospect, it was all perfect. Uh-huh. And so it's like when you have enough years, enough miles on this thing, you understand like it's actually going to be okay and it's actually going to be better than okay. It's mm. going to work out in ways I couldn't have foreseen. And I think that's like, you know... I, I as when I was growing up, I had a really strange relationship with like the concept of God. I didn't really like know what that was. And I was Mm. into maybe energy or maybe Uh just it really made me feel like, oh, this is why it's so important to have something bigger than yourself to know and love whether you call that God or not. Mm. But to feel held in the safety that it's all okay and that it's all going to work out. And I think that that's like that's really with enough experience and time you can drop into that and feel really grateful that there is something bigger than you holding you on your path. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's always been really important for me. And from the time I was a little kid, I don't, I don't know exactly like you. I wasn't necessarily identifying it as God or even the universe at that time. But I remember just as far back as I can, I was conscious that there was something bigger than me guiding my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's been a fucking saving grace for me through a lot of dark times, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of pain and just knowing, okay, you know, this is really fucking heavy and hard or challenging and, 
I know that there's a greater purpose for all of this mm. than this thing right here. Yeah, and I mean, so many people talk about those painful things being the most beautiful because they do take you to that space where Wait something's holding you. There it goes. I don't know why this... Am I not speaking loud enough? Or no, is it... it's okay. good. It's good. Okay. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Noah, what's happening? Are we good? Okay. Okay. There's there's lines happening? <laughs> and it's lighting up. You're good. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, those dark moments are the beautiful thing because they take us to that place mm -hmm. where you have to surrender like Noah's hat over there, right? The University of Surrender. That's right. That's some of our merch. <laughs> I love actually. it. I really love it. Yeah. I have was, to bring some hats for B-Fest. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I um, was telling Noah, um, I'm a musician and my last album was called Surrender. So. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's my word, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of my favorite words for sure. Yeah. Um, something else you were saying there... God, surrender. Being in the moment. The dang chord fiasco. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it's good, um, though. It's actually asking you to just drop in and like that's right. slow down a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. So... You've been in the wellness realm world for a long time. Yep. What was your journey into that like? What were, I mean, you know, I feel like everybody who's who's really taken or made their well-being their life, you know, we've all had our share of physical traumas, difficulties, you know. Um, so I'm curious, what, what steered you into that world? You know, I always say that it kind of chose me in mm. a way. Um, and I actually got my first coaching job when I was nine years old. Dang. Yeah. So I was a gymnast and uh -huh. um, I was just kind of a natural. I, I just took it naturally to the sport. And I was nine years old and my coaches asked if I'd start coaching the four and five year olds. And so I quite literally started coaching at nine years old. And I feel like I haven't stopped coaching since I haven't stopped teaching since. And so I really think it just chose me and it's just Dharma. It's just, just destiny. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you know, you can go through the timeline. We ended up living in Northern California in the same town as Rob Wolf. I don't know if you are familiar with his work, but <laughs> yeah, I love Rob. Yeah. And he had just opened the first or the second, maybe third CrossFit. So mm. we started training with him and his wife, Nikki. Um, we competed on his CrossFit team and, you know, we kind of oh, came man. up through that, that school, mm -hmm. <laughs> the CrossFit school. And then when we moved here to LA, he introduced me to Mark Sisson. I started working with Mark Sisson and actually started Mark's first coaching program out of his office in Malibu when he was still there. Yeah. Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple OGs. Those aren't just like regular super, people. Super OG. Yeah. yeah. So we, I mean, we quite honestly like grew up in this environment. My husband uh, was a chief for Cal Fire for 
Wow. A long time. Amazing. Um, so he was running uh, the state wellness program basically for Cal Fire. That's amazing. Yeah. And so we just, you know, we just kind of kept cultivating this uh-huh. world and experience. And uh, we started running events with Mark in Malibu. Gosh, 11 or so years ago, wow. I think, maybe 12 years ago, we had our first event with him. And after the event, we did three of them together. But after the events, he was like, you know, you guys, like, this is your jam. Like, you guys, mm. this is what you should be doing. And mm-hmm. he essentially just said, like, start your own company. I'm going to send people to you. And that really kind of kicked us out of the nest. We started Be The Wellness. And he did as he promised and just started sending people to us. And we just, like, boom, had a business. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so Be The Wellness, you've done three of these events. So we've done three Bee Fests, uh, one in 2018 in Northern California in the Redwoods. And then Amazing. we did, we had to take a few years off uh-huh. uh, for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then we did our second one in Zion last year. Okay. And then this year in Mexico and Playa Riviera. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And were there events you did before that? Yeah, so we've done events all around the world for, uh, gosh, over a decade now. We've taken people on African safaris and trips to Machu Picchu and New Zealand. We're taking a group to Egypt in November. So amazing. We've been we've been taking people all over the world, and you know, honestly, I don't even think I realized this at the time. But as I look back, one of the reasons I think we were taking people all over the world is quite literally to get the codes of the land, like to quite mm. literally get the frequency of those spaces. Mm. And yes, we're doing awesome activities and, you know, guided adventures and all this good stuff. But a lot of it, I think, was taking people to the ley, ley lines of those spaces mm-hmm. and helping people get the energy that they're meant to get in this lifetime. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah, so we've been, you know, we've been at it for a minute and it's been such a labor of love just watching people transform. And you know this as a teacher and a coach, you know, people, you can talk to them on Zoom or you can work with them and then you can take them out and have one transformative experience out in the wild. And it's like 10 years of training. It's 10 years of coaching. Absolutely. And that I think is what we got addicted to is like we had clients that we were working with and we would see progress and we would see, you know, some great things happening. We'd go have one transformative experience and that person came home as a different person. Yeah. And it was just like, it's just different now. They jump timelines. They're just in a totally different reality. Yeah. And so that just became like our mission is like, how do we help people jump these timelines and Mm. just grab a different reality stream and live into that and it's just yeah it's just beautiful i love that it's a really profound thing that i've seen as well i've done a handful of events now this couple weekends ago was my basically the third one that i've put on congrats yeah thank you it's a labor of love absolutely mm-hmm. and what you just said is what makes the whole thing worth it for me. Yep. Seeing the individuals that come in day one and then seeing those individuals who leave at the end. Yes. Beaming with love, totally opened up, tears, hugs. Just like mm. like what you said, that's the perfect way to describe it. People just jump timelines. They just went through 10 years of work 
in 48 hours. Yep. Um, and you do it with your mom, right? You do. The first one we did okay. with my mom. I saw those videos and that really touched me. Yeah. I work with my mom a lot too. And oh my God. It's I love so that. It's so special. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It was really special. I love that so much. Yeah. My mom is a absolute wizard. She looks like a really special lady. She is. Yeah. She is very special. I mean, honestly, everything I am now is, is the direct result of who my parents are. Mm. Just what they infused me with. My mother's a master intuitive healer. Oh. Body worker, yogini. She teaches yin and she's just like, I mean. Some people are who they are in spite of their parents. So it's yeah. really a treasure when you get to say you were who you are because of your parents. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. You know, during my football career, my back would go out or I'd have some injury. My mom would get me on the floor and in five minutes I'd be out of pain. Wow. That's amazing. And she's always been like that. Mm-hmm. And then she she fortified that with deep education, you know, cadaver studies for a decade. She went and did her uh, Master of Yoga Science at Loyola Marymount. And, wow. You know, did the went to India and done the thing at the yoga healing centers there and what's your mom's sign her astrological sign she's a Taurus a Taurus okay yeah she's super earth ground like I was gonna guess Virgo uh because it's another earth I'm Virgo and I was like if she feels that earthy yeah yeah yeah. super earthy um and just you know we have some funny family (laughs) things that i won't share here but (laughs) just like people tend to come into the family and they just kind of get blown apart a little bit Mm. you know yeah i mean we're a family of witches and Mm -hmm. medicine people so yeah you know when people come into the fold it's like you have to look at yourself because we just like hold up this mirror and it either works or it doesn't you know <laughs> you're either here for it or not <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's really the 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 queen the matriarch of that so um yeah the first one we did with mom um and then she's been in italy living out her lifetime uh, dharma of living abroad and being in italy and she was spent all of christmas and basically half of january in south africa nice good for her she deserves it oh yeah she does big time i can feel that (laughs) but she's just flying back today so that's fun that's exciting um i feel like your mom needs to come to b-fest like she would i was just thinking that i think that she would just yeah yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. figure out we'll have to get her to one for sure um Maybe even this one. I don't know. She would meet my mom, which would be really At sweet. this one? My mom will be there, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we yeah. can figure that out. I think it would be cool. <clears throat> uh-huh. I love, I think it's important, too, that we have our parents. And it's one of the things I love about BeFest is it's not for, like, there's no specific age. I mean, we've had, actually, we've had 16-year-olds. One of our clients brought his 16-year-old son. Mm. And then all the way up to, you know, my mom's. 67 or whatever and i'm sure we've actually had people in their 70s and it's one of the things i loved about burning man Mm. it's like there's no age there's no no gender no type like Mm -hmm. if you are open-hearted and you want to have a 
a beautiful experience, then this is your event. Uh And that's the only prerequisite. And I think that that is really important to encourage and nurture all the ages, all the, all the types of people to just come and enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that because it's about the vibration. It's about the vibration. And honestly, it's like a song. If you don't have the bass and you don't uh-huh. have the harmony, you don't like it's it's like the it's not complete. Uh-huh. So if you just have one type, it's like, all right, that's cool. But where's the rest of the song? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an important analogy in this day and age. It really is. People yeah. really want it to be the same in a yeah. lot of places in the mainstream. Well, especially here in LA, right? Yeah. That's, I think, one of the places I've seen it the most mm. is that homogenization of just like, yeah. there's a type and, and actually I'd even say there's like a few categories, but it's like you've uh-huh. got to get into one of the categories. And I yeah. think here there's a lot of pressure to do that, to yeah. kind of conform into those categories. So you have to actually almost be a little bit more aware of that and stay fresh with yourself or else it's easy to, I think, get kind of pulled it's true. It is very true. I would say living here, and I'm not sure how much time I've got left in LA, <laughs> to be honest. It's, um, it's interesting how that happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And coming out of the NFL, this was there was no place I'd rather be yeah. than LA. And that I was 2015. Stay, yeah. I thought I'd be here forever. Mm. If you told me I was going to leave Venice Beach, I'd be like, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Where would I go? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting, yeah. Um, I feel like to some extent, L.A. is definitely still uh, a spiritual vortex. For sure. You know, there's yeah. it's a big nexus of traditions, practices, masters, people, music. seekers, music, art. You know, mm-hmm. it's a really powerful energy center. It's also... I don't know. It's just become, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it hasn't changed at all. I I think this is the truth is that you just sometimes are on a different timeline Uh with it. And I think that's what happens is you're on, you're on an LA timeline or you're not, you know? And sometimes you're just, you're noticing that shift come in. And when that happened for us, it was really crazy because it was right before COVID. And I, we had just come Mm. back from Montana. Actually, we had run an event in Montana and we were driving back and the closer, I know we thought we were going to move there Uh actually, but somehow Wyoming pulled us in, (laughs) (laughs) but we, we were on our way back and the closer we got to LA, I could just hear, I could feel my central nervous system Uh just like kind of ratcheting (laughs) up. And I was like, Oh no, it's real. It's so real. Yeah. The last time I was here, I actually made a goal to kind of be in like a bigger commitment to witnessing my thought forms while I was here. And so I was kind of zoomed out, like making a real effort to witness the types of thought forms that were coming through. And I was like, wow, it is a shit show up here. Mm, (laughs) Like there's just, there's so much erratic energy, so much kind of kinetic energy and you can see your thought forms sort of react to it. And I remember just thinking like, oh wow, this is why it's actually so important to have a really deep yoga practice or have a really deep spiritual practice here because- Otherwise, you won't be able to buffer the energy. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is living here, I have to make... 100%. My my daily rituals, they have to happen. It has to. Meditating, breath work, yoga. If I don't, I'm a fucking 
mess. Yeah. I mean, the central nervous system just yeah. can't handle the Literally. frequency. It gets overrun. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and the cleaner and clearer you get, the more sensitive you are to it. I know. So you it? have to, you know, you have totally. to keep deepening your practice. Um, <laughs> it's so true. It's well, so true. It's like, I was just thinking this this morning. I was like, man, I can't get away with anything anymore. Yeah, me too. Not, not one thought, yeah. not one. It's like, I notice it all. I see it all. I witness it all. And I'm like, all right, okay, mm. I got to deal with that. Oh, I got to deal with that. Like, yeah. you just become so attuned. Yeah. And when something's just slightly off kilter, you, you can't get away with it. You have to deal with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've had this thing recently. <laughs> Throughout my life, I, I love I love being like I love performing. Honestly, yeah. uh, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> and one of the things I've grown up doing is doing impressions of people. Oh, nice! Well, what I recently learned was I can't do an impression of somebody if it's like a negative or angry impression. Mm, yeah, because for the next like. 10, 15 minutes, just because I'm so aware of it, it'll only be that long. But in the past, it might have gone on for days or a week or so. But I carry that that vibration, that thought pattern. It starts to bleed into my life and how I think and my perception. And I was like, I said this the other day. I was like, oh, I can't even do that anymore. I can't do that negative, like angry impression because yeah. all of a sudden, like I'm having those thoughts. It's like you run the sound current uh-huh. through your body and then yeah. you have to deal with like the yeah. hangover of it. Yeah. You're like, oh, not, yeah. not a good vibration. Yeah. yeah I get that. Uh-huh. But I, I, and I feel like it just starts extending even to one thought that comes in and you can tell like, oh, that uh-huh. one, that's not a very attuned experience. Yeah. And it's, that's an old yeah. thing. Yeah, we've worked really hard to free ourselves from. Yeah, I don't want that shit creeping back into my life. Well, and this is the thing I think people don't understand when they first start things like breath work or yoga. Mm. I think it's hard to wrap your brain around that like these tools actually do work when yes. these thought forms come in. You no longer have to be a victim to these experiences. Yeah. You can activate into one of your tools. And mm-hmm. I feel like breath work is a perfect example. Like if I get into a space where I just can tell my thought forms are just not really highly attuned, I'll sit down and do breath of fire. Mm. And I mean, in three minutes, He's cleared it out. It clears it out. And those thought forms are no longer there. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying is so important because people do like when you, when you get more sensitive, you also have to be more responsible. Thousand percent. And so it's like, you have to have these tools that you can activate into. And it's like, I mean, if I don't have three whole minutes, I have one minute and I Mm. can guarantee one minute of breath of fire is going to change the way the thought forms are occurring for me. Thousand percent. It's, 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 you're saying a lot of things that have been circling in my in your, my sphere. Your aura. Yeah, <laughs> it's in your aura. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I teach Bikram. Mm, nice. And been having these discussions with students because we're in the midst of a 30 day challenge. And um, I was talking to one student, and he came out, and he's like, "Man, this is no joke." And I was like. Yeah, it's no joke. And it occurred to me through our conversation that 
I suppose because of how things like yoga or breathwork or meditation are packaged in the West. Mm -hmm. Like we have this thing, we have this preconceived notion that in an organized class or an experience with other people, it's sort of this casual thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to do a juice. Yeah. Go to yoga. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to go and have fun and do this exercise. And, oh, it's kind of cool and interesting. Or, and we don't necessarily account for the fact that these tools fucking change you. Yeah. It's like you think it's entertainment. Yeah. And really, it's, it's spiritual development. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actual work that's going to transform you from the inside out. Yeah. And you experience a whole lifetime journey of the emotional spectrum in a 90-minute Vikram class. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where you do breath work and you're literally opening your heart, you're clearing your mind, you're doing all of this really deep work that's actually changing you. And if you're not conscious of that, it can be really fucking disconcerting because you come out of there and you're just like totally wiped out. Yeah exhausted mentally emotionally physically you feel as though you're a fish out of water because all of a sudden your your old paradigms your old ways of being feel uncomfortable or Mm. gross or just not in alignment Mm. and you're going wait what the fuck what what happened what did did i do one yoga class (laughs) yeah yeah and it's really it's absolutely right these are transformative practices that change who you are they change your relationship to yourself and the outside world they change how you function as a human being yeah i really want to dive into something with you because i feel like we'll share something in common here yeah you're you um, do Bikram yoga mm-hmm. and I do Kundalini yoga and something we have in common is that the founders were L- under quite a round uh-huh. of fire in the recent yeah. years. And I'm curious like your thoughts on that because I think it's actually a really cool conversation to have uh-huh. because you know one of the things I see is that there can be a really powerful spiritual practice and then something like the documentary about Bikram yoga yeah. comes out and then people wipe it right from planet earth they wipe Uh it from a possibility and it's such a powerful modality that it's like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. yeah and the similar thing has happened for kundalini yoga with yogi bhajan and i just think it's really cool to have these experiences and these conversations because there's a lot of mastery and a lot of wisdom in these teachings yes and like you know don't necessarily like don't I, I don't know. I guess it's like don't kill the messenger kind of thing, you know? Uh-huh. Like, so I'm curious, like your thoughts or if people ever ask you about that. And People don't really. However, you're exactly right. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And I mean, I watched the documentary on Bikram. And all of that being said, He brought a powerfully therapeutic practice mm-hmm. to the West. Yeah. He learned from Bishnu Ghosh, who was the brother of Paramahansa Yogananda. And Bishnu Ghosh started the College of Physical Culture. Or call it Yoga College of Physical Culture in okay. India. Okay. 
And he essentially would work with bodybuilders and people who had experienced traumatic back injuries, knee injuries, catastrophic, like couldn't function. And he'd put people back together. And his practice was um, 72 postures. That's the full full uh, Bishnu Ghosh series is 72 postures. And Bikram, who was one of his students, he whittled it down to these 26 postures and two breathing exercises, which we call the beginner's class. And he said, I want to bring this to America and help heal back injuries and knee injuries. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's no better physical practice for realigning your skeleton, healing bad joints, healing bad backs, changing your physical body from the inside out. And then throw into it, I was asking uh, the woman who I did my yoga teacher training with, who was one of Bikram's OGs Mm -hmm. from back in the day. And she said, I I asked her, was it a conscious part of, of putting this practice together that the heat would create such an emotional experience for people? And she said, I think it may have happened on accident, honestly, because all Bikram would ever talk about was it's super hot in India. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to recreate that by putting you in a hot room mm-hmm. that's a 105 degrees with 50% humidity. And that allows for phasic changes in the tendons and ligaments and the bone structure. So you can actually, it literally melts. Like when you're in a sauna, those heat shock proteins, similar right. thing. You know, right. you're literally melting down the cells. Right. So and all that, that myofascial release. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can change the structure of the body to heal yeah. damage, trauma, scar tissue, all that good stuff. You know, the other thing that's happening, you walk into that room, immediately you're going into fight or flight. You start producing stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol and all this different stuff. Your amygdala starts firing. You go into that fight or flight set system. And then the first thing you do is you get into pranayama and you start doing breathing exercises that tone your vagus nerve, which start to pull you out of the amygdala and back into the prefrontal cortex. So you're getting out of the fight or flight and into the parasympathetic state so you can rest, digest, recover, detoxify. So it's super detoxifying. And this is real shit. I mean, this is like, this is what the practice does to you. So not only are you getting all of these physical benefits, this truly therapeutic sequence of practice of movements and postures, but you're also cultivating resilience and space in your nervous system to be able to withstand more adversity, more challenge, more discomfort when you go out into the real world. And how many times a day are we confronted by a person, a thing, a situation, our boss, a work thing, a family thing? that triggers us to our core of those childhood wounds Mm. that make us feel not worthy or not good enough or it's too much or puts us into this state of fear. Imagine having something that you can do that puts you into that place where you get to literally just sit with it and be with it and unravel your trauma from the inside out, from the seedling and change yourself. Mm. Yeah. You know, and whatever you want to say, whatever we want to say about Bikram, I mean, yeah, the guy did some things that are fucking, (laughs) 
not great. You know, yeah. he yeah. hurt people. He did things that were, he really took advantage of his position as a guru. Yeah. You know, and that aside, I mean, he's paying the price for that. God knows where he is. I think he just fled back to India and is living like in a, <laughs> you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, that being said, the, practice that he brought to america's to me it's changed my life it's gotten me i lived in chronic pain for 30 years mm. you know yeah and i think it's just really important to remind people of this though because i think we live in this cancel culture right yeah. so you see one documentary and then you take that modality off the table right or you see a negative comment about something else and that takes another modality off the table. And so I just think it's really beautiful to hear about these technologies, yeah. these bodies of wisdom and just how powerful they are. And like, you know, go find out for yourself, like yes. actually go have an experience. And I feel like Kundalini yoga is so similar to everything yes. you described. And that's why these are ancient technologies yeah. that have been practiced for thousands of years. And, you know, we don't even still understand all of the things that they're doing in our physicality and our emotional bodies. But, you know, if we keep just taking these things off the table, we lose an opportunity to potentially have a life changing experience like you did. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's very true. And, um, I, I guess that's, it's a, it's a result of this weird cancel culture thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything more, any explanation that's more, I don't, I don't even know what to say really. Like if, if it's anything deeper than that, yeah. just this thing of just like, let's cancel people it's and cancel entire genres. Systems. Yeah. Systems. Thousands of years yes. old systems. Exactly. It's crazy. And I think it's actually something that we, you know, I, I like to bring it up because I feel like, you know, it's, it's part of my Dharma to be like, Hey, let's remember to like take every situation as it comes and not just have these huge swaths of decisions, like cancel that whole yeah. genre of experience. Like, oh my gosh, look at all the beauty and the wisdom you would lose if you do that. And I think it's kind of an interesting little plague on our society, this mm. cancel culture mentality. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a virus for sure. It really is, yeah. yeah. And I just feel like, I don't know, can't we just be more compassionate? Like be com remember to be compassionate towards one another? I remember thinking like, when I was young, people could have an opposing opinion or view and you would just be like, I, I, I literally remember thinking that most people would say, well, yeah, I don't agree with that, but I still like Bob for who Bob is. Uh -huh. And Bob's a great guy and yeah. I still want to hang out with him and I still want our families to go on vacation. <laughs> now it's like Bob has an opinion you don't like. Death. Fuck Bob. <laughs> Fuck Bob. Bob is dead. <laughs> His lineage is dead. Like everybody. And I'm like, yeah. what happened, people? Yeah. <laughs> well, it becomes this thing. It becomes this thing that I see more and more of. Well, I shouldn't say that. It become it it has become more and more clear to me that when a person does not have, does not live their life with a spiritual program, 
they make materialism their God. Yes. And when you make materialism your God, it's a very dead-end pathway. It's a false God. It's a false God. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and that's really, I I believe that the cancel culture thing is all making materialism your God because it's just about what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. What's good, what's bad, what's wrong, what's right. Outside of that, it doesn't exist. I don't give a fuck what a person did. It's that, there's that, <laughs> it's pretty hilarious, but. It's a joke that we would tell in the football locker room a lot or occasionally whenever jokes were being told that the guy who, the, the, the story of the bridge builder. I don't know it. Well, he's basically <laughs> like, you know, I built a thousand bridges, but you fuck one goat, then you become the goat fucker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, you know, yeah. when when there's nothing but the materialist paradigm when your god is just in the things that are tangible then it's really difficult to see the bigger picture yeah you know it's really difficult to have faith to have hope to live in life that's full of love you know because at the end of the day i mean we're making decisions based on fear based on love you know at the core at the center of it like those are the two pathways we get to go down we get to choose from You know, if you're waking up every day going, my life is fucked unless X, Y, and Z happen and I can't do this because of that and I need to do that because of this and et cetera, et cetera. Like your life, you're going to take yourself down this road where it's going to get more and more difficult to see the light. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was thinking about as you were talking that Jim Carrey interview and he talks about how he wishes that everybody could have a certain amount of wealth or like Mm. have that attainment so that they could actually experience that wealth is not it. Right. It's like, you know, I think like you said, you make it your God and you make it this destination, but then like everyone who has ever become wealthy or had that level of attainment, you get there and you're like, Oh, actually this is not it. Yeah. It's actually, what are the quality of my moments? Mm. What are the quality of my thought forms? How am I in this like very life existence? How am I creating it? What am I contributing? And it's like, you know, there's so many people who just think that money is the answer. Yeah. And just getting to some, you know, net worth is going to be the thing that makes them fully embodied and alive. But at the end of the day, it's like if you don't have the quality of this moment right now, there's no dollar amount that's ever going to do that for you. Yeah. You could have $5 and be the wealthiest person in the world mm-hmm. because you understand the quality of this moment and and creating it in the most beautiful way you can. But it's like, percent. it's just, you know, I think it's like one of those things that we just forget about in society a lot. It's like more, 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 you know, more, mm. more wealth, more money, more things. Yeah, more things. More That'll things. solve it. Yep. That'll make me happy. I'm sad. Let me open my Amazon account. <laughs> <laughs> we hit the prime. Yeah. We're the prime deals. It'll be here in LA. You could get it the same day even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's really an interesting thing. And uh, I mean, yeah, Kundalini is just like uh, an incredibly powerful practice that has transformed, changed people's lives. Mm. Like. Or do you know Dr. Harhari Khalsa? 
I don't know him, no. Do you know who he is? I know who you're talking about, but I haven't met him. Okay. He's yeah. got an amazing place that was Yogi Bhajan's old office. Oh, cool. It's called the Transformation Healing Universe. Nice. And he's he's a chiropractor by trade, but he was one of Yogi Bhajan's Originals. Original OG's. OG guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done a podcast with him. It was one of my favorite conversations of all time. Um but he's got all these cool toys. He's got Tesla coils and PMF machines. And he's got this thing called a Pandora star in this Ormus fluid chamber. Oh, wow. Which That's is amazing. a pretty trippy experience. Um, well, I feel like Kundalini yogis, like they understand that frequency is yeah. a thing, right? Yeah. And so when you see these other technologies that are dealing in that vein, it's not a hard leap to make. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, like you said, it's technology. It is technology. You know, these are yeah. technologies that people want to say, uh, I don't even know what people, pe- essentially, because, you know, when I talk to guys about doing yoga, they're like, oh, that's a chick thing, man. Uh, I'm not flexible <laughs> enough. I'm yeah. like, okay, come into this shit. Yeah. Come and take one class. And we'll see how you feel about it afterwards. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you're going to be obliterated. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, In a good not way. to mention, yeah. <laughs> yoga is one of these things that was created for men. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It was created like, for men. I yeah. mean, only in the West did it become this thing that women were just, and, you know, maybe like a lot of things, though, women are kind of better at it than men are. <laughs> and their bodies are just like, women have a better sense of, of the practice, maybe even just because that's how it is in the West, and men are just like, you know, hit the weights, grind it out. That's our mentality. Right. But yoga was really formulated for men. Yeah. Or by men. Well, and it's so interesting because if you think about just even the way that we operate as humans, it's all in the same path, right? Uh-huh. It's like front, side, yeah. and there's nothing else, right? You're yeah. either like this way or that way. Yeah. And yoga actually asks you to move into uh-huh. these directions of your of yourself and your space that you're just unfamiliar with. Yes. And I think for men, that's just a little scarier. Uh-huh. Women are ready to do that because we... I think just have to do that. We have to be more prepared for that. It's true. <laughs> and yeah. men are like, no, I'm going to stay straight or side to side. Those are my two directions. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But then, you know, like you said, when men do it, they have some of the most beautiful transformations and some, yeah. so much attainment available to them because yeah. it's just, it's so beautiful when they start to actually own the full 360 degrees of their experience. Absolutely. And a lot of the yogic, ancient yogic texts, they talk about the spine as the axis of the universe. Right. Yeah. You know, in all the yogic postures, it's all about manipulating your spine into different positions. You're activating various hormone production. You're stimulating all the gray matter in your gut. Well, just think about the cerebral spinal fluid, right? This like magical elixir that's like lubricating and, you know, adjusting the glandular system. And it's Uh just like, 
Yeah. And I mean, they talk it's about magic. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing that I think people think of yoga as like, oh, I want to get more flexible. Uh-huh. But for Kundalini yogis, it's about your glandular system. Mm-hmm. So it's more like I want to actually regulate the glandular system yeah. so that like we were talking about before, so that I have more powerful thought forms yeah. so that like the, the elixir that I'm living yes. in is more vibrant, more beautiful, more attuned. And that helps me hold the attainment that I'm creating through this practice. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's really what sets yoga apart from any other physical practice. Yeah. And people think so much that it's about like just getting more flexible. Yeah. And you're like that. I mean, that's a beautiful <laughs> byproduct. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. But it's really like, you know, what you're doing from like, you know, a liquefaction aspect of your body is like yep. the most powerful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Just it's optimizing how your body functions on every level. Yeah. You know? I was like, should we stop and do some yoga? Yeah. <laughs> We're just like over here. We're going to have to do <laughs> that next so hard. <laughs> I know. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, this is so good. How, how long have we been going, Noah? Just... Oh, really? Oh. Oh, my God. I really wanted to talk to you about reading the Akasha. Let's do it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you you listened to another pod I did. Yes. With a woman who, who reads the Akashic records. Yes. Um, and it's something I'm really, I've always been fascinated by. It's really beautiful technology. Again, uh-huh. back to that T word. So... For people who don't really know what it is or understand the concept of it, can you talk to us a little bit about what it actually is? Yeah, I always give like the technical definition mm-hmm. is that it's this this space, this level of experience that holds the energy field of your soul's information. Mm. Mm. And so, um, you know, some people think of that as a physical location because I think that just helps our mental brain like just, you know, sink into it. I think it helps us to kind of just put it into a category we understand. But honestly, it's just literally the frequency of everything that's happened to your soul, everything that will ever happen to your soul. And it's just a container. You can almost think of it as like a hard drive Mm. of your soul's experience, right? Everything that's ever happened to your soul from its inception point well into it, you know, the future Uh is just ingrained in this hard drive. And it's just the information that is stored there. So I think that's a way we can wrap our brain around it. But I think another way that's helpful to think about it is that, you know, it's also an extension of almost our intuitive power, our intuitive Mm. energy. And so, you know, even though this is technically a vault of information about your soul, the way that you experience that sometimes is through your intuition Mm. or through having an empathic feeling or feeling emotion or, you know, even having just like a gut feeling about something or a sense about something. And that's how you will actually kind of interface with the Akashic records is through these systems that you're already somewhat familiar with. Close the gap because for people, they feel like the Akashic records, it's out there. I don't know how to get to it. You're probably already interfacing with it in certain ways, but you know, obviously there's ways that you can train and really tune into that line of communication and pull more frequency into it. Mm. But it's really like a lot of people are already doing it in some ways. Uh-huh. What are some of the, we've probably been talking about them, 
some of the practices, tools by which we can clear the channel of being more available to that information? Uh, I actually talk a lot about Kundalini yoga when I, um, you know, I do an Akashic training. So I, uh-huh. I teach Kundalini yoga kind of part and parcel with Akashic okay. training. And the reason I do that is because exactly what you asked. It helps clear the channel, but it also helps you to hold the capacity. Because when you start working in the Akashic Records and some of these energy fields, it's a lot of energy. Mm. And so the Kundalini Yoga actually kind of helps attune the system so that as these frequencies start coming in, you can kind of you can hang with it. You're, uh-huh. you're prepared for it. You, you get it. You can interface with it without being sort of overwhelmed or like, you know, or just fatigued by it even. Uh-huh. So I think that, um, you know, Kundalini yoga is one of the most powerful. I also do cold water therapy every morning. So um, yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. Cold so shower powerful. every morning. Yeah. In, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is like, <laughs> what do you guys do? Do you just go jump in a hole in the lake or you have an ice tub? Or? So we do have an ice tub, but honestly I just hop in the shower. So I and just, it's just so cold. It's so cold. I love that. It's, I mean, uh. if it was any colder, it wouldn't be coming out of the pipe. <laughs> right, right. So it's, I mean, I, I would guess it's, 34 degrees, sure. 35 degrees maybe, but it's freezing. And you just go for a few minutes. Yeah. So I just do two to three minutes. And Amazing. First thing in the morning. So that's probably my biggest devotional practice. Obviously I do my Kundalini set every morning as well, but the cold shower has changed my life. Mm. And I believe that the cold shower, the cold water therapy, the Kundalini yoga, all of those things yeah. prepared me to be a teacher of the Akashic records. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I was really serious about all those practices that I was given my own prayer, which is the way that you open the Akashic records. And they basically, the Akashic records, the beings that kind of monitor that space said it's time to teach it. And I really think it's just because of the devotion I had to this, to these other lineages, so to speak, that prepared me to hold all of that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it totally makes sense to me. It totally makes sense to me. And I it's mean, it's all just works synergistically, right? Yeah. Like to opening you up to you being in alignment with what you are here to do it's just levels right like just levels of awareness and levels of capacity and i think you know i learned about the akashic records back in like 2008 2007 and i didn't i wasn't given my own prayer until like 2020 Mm. and i really think it was because in those years i really shored up my kundalini practice Mm. i really got devotional and that was when it was like all right now you're ready And it's not, I don't want to, you know, make it sound like, oh, the Akashic Records, you're not going to be able to handle it. Like, of course, everyone can go in. And the beautiful thing about the Akashic Records is you actually get a bit of a healing when you're in there. But if you want to start teaching it, you want to start holding people, you know, in this line of technology and helping people discover it and witness them and support them, it's just going to take a little bit more energy. Uh And so I think that's where the Kundalini Yoga, you know, it just, it's just like a, a basic tool for life you know it's just going to support you foundationally for whatever you're creating but particularly when you're starting to access these higher realms yeah it's like a nice little hug it's like Uh i got you let's do this yes yeah totally makes sense um would you something i've been interested in and for the first time in my life, really just 
beginning to discern where the information that comes into my being, where does that come from? Oh my gosh, you know? I love this question. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's been interesting for me because I've had mentors who they've personified some of the the information that they've received as a specific guardian angel, as spirit guides, as um, as particular beings, yeah. even like a particular archangel or someone like that. And for me, I've noticed that, and it's taken uh, a lot of years on the mic of doing podcasts and writing and talking and in my mind, I use we a lot, mm. and I also use you a lot. Mm. And a lot of the things that I always hear, re-hear myself saying are you, and it's always because I'm talking to, to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where is that voice coming from? Who is that that's saying you? And then who is it that's saying we? Yeah. And I was sitting down to write, and I was just like, just not even, without even thinking about it, I was just saying we, 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 we. We do this, we do that. When we experience this, we have this. And I thought to myself, who's that we? And I've definitely come to recognize there is this perhaps a council of guides. Mm. And I've had psychics and various readings go, Eb, you have an army of ancestors, souls, spirits, angels that have been guiding you and protecting you throughout your life. And I feel that big mm. time. But I'm really starting to discern and thinking about the Akashic Records as being this this container of of information, this library of information almost that we have access to on this soul level. Um, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on discerning where the information's coming from and how do we do that? Is that a lifetime process of tuning in, listening closer, uh, making ourselves more available to get just more clear on where the information is coming from. And it all feels, you know, when those higher, higher transmissions come through, it always feels true on the same level, right in here, mm -hmm. in the heart. Yeah. You know, it's like, I know that's, it's just something that's true in my body. Like it's beyond some intellectual sense of truth it's this heart-centered knowing of what's true in my experience of life so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on discerning or what's the difference between you know because i bet i bet to some degree everyone on the planet has access to this whether they know it or not whether they're available to it or not and get the Akashic download one day driving down the 405, you know, yeah. just sitting in their car by themselves. And they go, whoa, like, that's an interesting idea. Or where'd that thought come from? So just like deciphering, discerning, where is this information coming from? Does it even matter too? You know, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Right. It really right. doesn't. And uh, yeah. yeah. And that's the place I always go with it. 
is it helpful for you to believe in the Akashic Records? Is it helpful uh -huh. for you to identify with that as a wisdom body? Is it helpful for you to have a council of helpers and light beings and guardian angels? Is it helpful mm. for you? Uh -huh. And I think that this is one of the most important things is that you get to decide, you get to invent this whole thing for yourself. Mm, so if it, if it makes more sense, <laughs> if it makes more sense for you to feel like consciousness is an emergent property of me just witnessing myself and mm. that's all that's here, then beautiful. I love that. Hold that uh -huh. and let that be your guiding light. But if it helps you to learn about the Akashic Records and open them up and then suddenly you're realizing that maybe there's these other extraterrestrial species that are out there and that want to communicate and you start tuning into that and that's beautiful and that's invigorating mm. for you in your soul experience, then go with it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is just the most important thing is that you're a sovereign being. We are sovereign beings. Mm. So you get to decide. Yeah. And, and if it's beautiful and helpful, then go into it. And if it's not, then make it meaningful and beautiful for you in whatever way, shape, or form works for you yeah. and where you're at at this particular moment of your life. Mm. I love that answer. But and, I do think I have a, a council of beans as well. So I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And you can tap into this, this body of information. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, all of everybody has their different way that they want to uh -huh. interface with this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you might be living in Minnesota or somewhere where people are a little bit more traditional in the way that they think about God and spirit. Mm. And maybe it's not helpful for you to be like, I'm opening the Akashic Records because nobody can relate to that. And nobody yeah. around you is going like, to be... What? Yeah, they're just like, oh, Jimmy's lost the plot. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, I just think it's so important that people just realize, like, find it in a way that works for you. And uh -huh. yes, if you want to extend the edges and expand your compass a bit and find people that want to go there with you, then great. But like, it's all God. Mm, and I've had mm, so many people come into yeah. the Akashic training that were worried, oh no, I'm doing something wrong because I was raised Catholic or I was raised Christian. And like, this is, you know, this is like going into a, a sect that is, you know, uncharted territory or a place that I've been told is not good. And inevitably, every woman that has gone through the training that's had that experience realized that it actually brought them closer to God. Mm. And that's because it's all God. It's right. all spirit and it's all one. And so these are just different bird walks that we're taking to experience ourselves in that universal energy. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that explanation. That, that rings true for me big time. I love that. It's all God and it's just about what makes, the, what makes sense for you. And what's, what's like interesting for you? Because uh -huh. honestly, yes. the longer you go in this process, you realize that one of the main goals is that I want to actually be interested in what I'm thinking. Uh -huh. Like I actually yeah. want to <laughs> yeah. find yeah. what I'm thinking about to be interesting or enlightening or just, you know, entertaining at minimum. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing about all of this stuff is like, is it beautiful for you to be holding these thoughts and thinking about these things and going into these spaces? And if so, then like give yourself the gift of that. Mm. Kind of like coming back to the whole point of B-Fest and everything that we're doing. It's like give yourself the gift of joy and being happy and being in love with who you are and what you're thinking. Mm. That's it right there. That's it. 
I don't think there's anything more important than They're being really, in love with who you are. It's it. How much fucking time do we spend being like, why am I like this? I should be like that. I want to be like that instead. You know, it's like, fuck, what a waste of time. It's just, it's silly. Yeah. It's actually silly. And I remember having this plant medicine journey where I came to this conclusion and I was able to look back on the timeline of my life and recognize how many thoughts I had spent on ridiculing myself. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, honey, like, (laughs) why did you do that? Uh You know, and you just think I spent so much precious energy, Mm -hmm. you know, belittling myself or putting myself down. And it's like, oh, that is, that is not the grace of -hmm. this lifetime. The grace of this lifetime is to be in love with Mm. your thoughts, your tenderness, your compassion, your humanity, just all the things that you are. And and that's what we're here to do. Boom. (laughs) That's it, Vanessa. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. That's so perfectly said. And it's really where I'm at in my life now. Mm. Just like. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What, and what a journey it's been to get there. A lot of fucking. Lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) grinding it out beating myself up doing that just to come to a place where i'm like you know what i love myself i accept myself i support myself i approve of myself Mm. you know and when you do that you give permission to everyone else to do that for themselves as well and and that's why you're such a powerful leader and and brother and friend and dad and all of the things because we need people on planet earth holding these levels of attainment of of self-love mm. and that just emanates out and so thank you and congratulations <laughs> thank you vanessa mm. thank you so much um i'm really glad we got to do this me too i'm so glad we did it in person me too way better yeah yes. so much better i'm so glad that you just happened to have a yoga training oh my, of course i did right it's perfect <laughs> perfect this is my favorite uh thing i'm like because god loves me yeah <laughs> and you yeah and you know i always joke i'm i'm his favorite and then i go but you could be his favorite too yeah exactly <laughs> i love that that's the power of god right there yeah. we're all his favorite <laughs> we all get to be his favorite yeah her favorite his favorite uh-huh. whatever <laughs> yeah um well just to close it out why don't you let everybody know where they can tune into you, where they can tap into B-Fest and all the good stuff. Okay. So you can tap into B-Fest through our main hub, bethewellness.com. And I think by now we all know it's B-E-E like a honeybee. Uh (laughs) Bethewellness.com. You can see all of our trips and particularly B-Fest, which Eben will be facilitating at. So... Um, super excited. And also if you want to get in touch with me about the Kashik training, about Kundalini yoga, about any of that good stuff, uh, you can reach out to starseed-collective.com or you can just hit me up on Instagram, starseed.collective. And that's probably the easiest way for me to shepherd you to wherever you'd like to go. Awesome. I'll have all that in the show notes too. So people can just click right in. Um, thanks. Amazing. Thank you, Vanessa. Satnam. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So excited Jared brought us together. Thanks, Jared. Thank you, Jared. We love you. We love you. Um, <laughs> and Cal and Peyton. Oh, and Cal and Peyton, the, the best. Yeah. Yes. So good. Super blessed. 
Great so people. Blessed. Yeah. Amazing human beings. It's a really, it's feels like a really powerful tribe to be. It really is. Yeah. Moving through life with. Yeah. And I mean, that's it, right? Uh-huh. It's like, that's inevitably, that's what we're up to. It's, the company within ourselves and the company we hold. Mm. Those are the greatest gifts that we have. I love that. I love that. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'll see y'all next time. Peace. What's up, guys? I want to take a second to recognize and talk about one of our sponsors for the Ebb and Flow podcast, New Fit. This is the Newbie Technology. It's a state-of-the-art electrical current that taps in your nervous system to quicken healing times, help build muscle, build strength, optimize the total functioning of your overall physical well-being. It, one of the founders, Garrett, or the founder of the technology, Garrett, lives in Austin, Texas. I had the chance to meet Garrett and try out the new fit technology at a wellness event that I was speaking and teaching at. It's profound stuff. It will elevate your workouts. It'll help you recover quicker from injuries. It'll help your body and your mind function better. It's a fantastic technology. Check it out at new fit excuse me, at new.fit forward slash ebb and flow. Use code ebb and flow for a discount on your device. Incorporate it into your home gym or your practice. If you are a wellness practitioner, it's a big upgrade to anyone who is looking to optimize their well-being. Quick shout out to our sponsor, Quicksilver Scientific. Quicksilver Scientific, one of my favorite brands on the planet. Founded by Dr. Chris Shade. It's liposomal nanotechnology, liposomal delivery system, taking ancient adaptogenic herbs and roots, making them highly bioavailable. We're talking about ginseng, ashwagandha, astragalus, shisandra, goji berry, you name it, NAD, all the good stuff. They also supply Quinton, which is the ultimate remineralizer, rehydrating product on the planet since the late 1800s. Can't say enough good things about their products. I love the one membrane mend, NAD plus, platinum, longevity elite. Nanofuel. Nanofuel is the ultimate mind focus, cognitive function optimizer. It's fantastic stuff. Love it so much. Thank you to Quicksilver. Head over to QuicksilverScientific.com. Use code Ebb and Flow to get yourself a discount on all of their fantastic products. Enjoy. <laughs>